What's going on, everybody? This is Harriet Westmore with the More Wine and Music podcast, the podcast where we discuss music genre over a glass of wine. Good afternoon. I'm not going to be drinking wine. It's too early in the day. I'm pre-recording this uh, last episode, season finale of the 1950s rock and roll era. So with that being said, I want everybody to please hit that uh, like and subscribe button and um, follow me on uh, the More wine and music podcast on Facebook, on my Facebook page. Also, you can um, go on to www.morewineandmusic.com to see past episodes that were um, recorded. All right. So this is the, as I said, this is the last season finale of season three. Um, This is episode 35. And I thought I wanted to do something a little bit different as far as um, talking about a Pacific, rather a Pacific group or a Pacific uh, artist of the 50s and their songs, I kind of want to talk about a tragic um, event that happened in 1959. Um, also known, as everybody knows, um, the song, The Day the Music Died. And I'm sure everybody is very much familiar with that uh, story of Buddy Holly JP, the bop, Big Bopper, Richardson, and Richie Valenzuela, also known as Richie Valens. So I just kind of wanted to um, wrap the decade up with that tragic story. So um, here we go. Actually, I'm not going to go into the backstory of each of these individuals because, I mean, we pretty much know um, are familiar with Buddy Holly and how he got started, where he uh, came from and everything and when he was with the Crickets and um, the Big Bopper, how he was a DJ and then now he um, recorded a song, Chantilly Lace and also Richie Valens, which I did an episode about him. If you want to go back into the archives of the More Wine and Music podcast, it was episode number 27. So I'm like today, I just wanted to concentrate on the event the day before and up to the event of the actual uh, plane crash. So it appears that Richie, I'm sorry, that Buddy wanted to um, go a different direction. He's been playing with this group, um, the Crickets, for a while. And um, he wanted to do something new. Now, there were sources that says... Uh, it was a amicable breakup between himself and um, the crickets and then other sources said well he was in um, some kind of conflict with the band management and everything so that's why he wanted to go off on his own but his actual goal was to open and start his own publishing company his own music studio and um, he needed funds to do that he didn't have any enough funds to to get that started so with that being said, he reluctantly, now I, I read sources where he really didn't want to do this tour, but, you know, he needed the money to a startup, to start up his new um, publishing company and so forth. So they put together a Midwest uh, tour called the Winter Dance Party Tour. Um, and it was to be, I believe... 24 days of crisscrossing um, the mid going through the Midwest touring at different venues throughout the Midwest 
And I think it started on January 27th. I'm not, well, 24 days from that. Um, just, you know, touring different venues throughout the Midwest. And it's also known um, as the tour from hell because right from the beginning, it was um, a it was a disaster right from the beginning. First of all, there was no logistics as to their travel. They were just, I mean, it was like they were going back and forth instead of going to a, you know, making a certain destination from this stop straight ahead to this stop. No, they stop at one venue, then backtrack to another venue through another state and then go back for it. I mean, it was just the logistics were just so off and so disorganized. So with this tour, uh, JP, the big bopper, um, was, uh, had his famous hit Chantilly Lace and 17 year old Richie Valens was just, he was the up and coming, the youngest and the up and coming performer. And it was a good idea. I mean, it made sense for him to, you know, get his name and his songs out there because he was, um, had, you know, three, three songs, uh, La Bamba, Come On, Let's Go and Donna. And he wanted to promote those. And so that was, you know, what a great way to, you know, get himself up and out into the audience by doing this tour. So it was the three of them plus um, Buddy hired two additional uh, musicians um, on the drums were was uh, Tommy Alsup and on the uh, guitar, I think bass guitar, I believe was Waylon Jennings who was supposed to, who was on this um, tour and they were touring by bus. They got the um, the bus that they were touring with was this old school raggedy um, school bus. The bus itself was really a piece of junk. It was um, it was mechanical problems. It would break down, and we're talking about Midwest during the winter time. So it was very cold. Um, they would travel through blizzards and just snowstorms. I mean, like I said, it was just the the stops that they were making just didn't make any sense as far as the the travel, the sense of travel. It was just going back and forth for like say go to let's say they were going to Minnesota, then they would come back to Indiana. I'm, I'm just making an, an example. Come back maybe to Ohio, then go across, go up to uh, Wisconsin, go back to maybe Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? That type of it, it just didn't. It just wasn't a well thought travel, planned travel to um, each destination. But with going back and forth in the cold, bus breaking down, um, no heat. It, it was just a miserable travel and they were getting sick of it. It, it. it was just ridiculous. So when they landed to, when they finally got to um, the, what is it called? The surf ballroom. 
This was uh, February 2nd, I believe. Um, they pretty much, Buddy pretty much had it with the with the travel of, of, of on the bus. They were all miserable, cold, and actually the big bopper was sick. He had the flu. But they had to they had to perform. And um Buddy decided at that point, you know, I, I've had it. I want to charter a plane for the for the three, for actually for himself, for Tommy Allstep and for Waylon Jennings to fly into the next their next destination, which was Moorhead, Minnesota. Um because he wanted to get there at least, you know, hours before their next show there, you know, to do some laundry because they were, you know, didn't have an opportunity to change, to shower, to rest, to really rest. Cause you, and he <clears throat> wanted to get there ahead of time to kind of rest up, do some laundry and, and to rest. So, he chartered a plane through um, the Mason City uh, Airport, Municipal Airport, and it was a Beechcraft um, Bonanza uh, that was chartered. And uh, the craft, the airplane was to be flown by a pilot, young pilot named Roger Peterson. Well, during their show, they did the show in surf at the surf uh, ballroom. Um, like I said, the big bopper was he was just sick. He, you know, and he went to Waylon Jennings. He said, look, I'm not I, I just can't ride the bus anymore. I'm, you know, and the big bopper was the big guy. I, I really need to um you know, try to get some rest because I'm just not feeling well at all. I'm fighting this flu. And so Waylon Jennings, he said, if it's okay with uh, Buddy, then it's okay with me. You can take my seat. So that's what happened. So Buddy was okay with it. In the meantime, Richie, for some reason, um, backstory from what I read, I think, thought that he was actually afraid of flying. And I, you know, that's what I read, that he was actually afraid of flying. Ironically, he wanted to, you know, get on the plane as well. In spite of his fear of flying, I, you know, it, it was just to that point that they were pretty much fed up with the, you know, riding on that raggedy old bus. And so Richie went to Tommy Allsup and kept asking him throughout the day at um, at the surf ballroom, look, can, you know, will you let me use, you know, I want to get on the plane. Will you let me um, ride the plane? Can you take, can we swap? Can you let me ride on the plane? And first, you know, Tommy said, no, no, you know, I'm not, you know, but Richie kept relentlessly, you know, just asking him throughout the day. And Tommy, um, I, you know, just got tired of him asking pretty much. He said, okay, we'll toss for it. So they t- they did a, to- a coin toss and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on, you know, which one, Richie won the to- 
uh, the coin toss and was able to ride the plane with Buddy. So instead of it, instead of Waylon Jennings and Tommy Alsep, it was um, Big Bopper and Valent. So they did their last performance that evening at the surf ballroom, um, and they were packing up, getting ready to um, board the plane. So um, this was around about this was after midnight. So let's let's say it was about quarter to well twelve forty five to twelve fifty. They were, you know, getting ready to get on the plane and you know packing up. And according to what Waylon Jennings said later on on an interview he said that uh he and buddy you know they all they always joking they all used to always joke around and play around with each other and buddy told you know uh Waylon you know I hope that bus breaks down you know as they were you know laughing and joking because they were going to see each other the next day in Moorhead um Minnesota um and you know Waylon came back with came back with him and saying, well, I hope that plane crash, you know, they all are laughing and carrying on, you know, never in a million years thought that, uh, that was the last words he would say to his friend, buddy. So, um, in the meantime, the pilot, young pilot, Roger Peterson throughout the day, he was, uh, keeping in contact with the control center, of the airport to see how the weather conditions were. Um, at the time, it, it was during the day, it was fine. Um, he kept up, you know, with the conditions. And, but around 12, between 1250 and 1255, he didn't um, have an opportunity to check one last time of the, uh, the weather conditions. And unfortunately, <clears throat> the conditions turned for the worse, unbeknownst to Peterson. He, uh, the, it was a snowstorm. But, you know, Peterson being young as he is, and he probably figure, okay, I, you know, he, he probably can still, uh, he can still make it. Well, Peterson he was a flight he had his hours he had flight you know hours um he was a flight instructor but he did not have he wasn't certified to uh fly according to his uh, navigation instruments that's on the aircraft so he didn't have any experience in doing that so at 12:55 the four men boarded the plane Roger at the pi- as a pilot, Peterson, Buddy Holly was as was the front, um, was at the front in the big bopper and Richie Valance in the back seats. And I think one of the promoters, you know, they saw he he saw the the plane on the runway, and um, like I said, it it was it was twelve fifty five in the morning going on to February, into February 3rd, 1959. 
He said he looked up, he saw the plane, you know, ascend into the air. He saw, and then, you know, it, it didn't take long. He didn't see the plane anymore. It just like ascended up in the air and then all of a sudden it like disappeared. The plane disappeared. So Control um, couldn't get a hold of uh, Peterson because Peterson was supposed to uh, turn in his flight plan to the control center. You have to turn in your flight plan of how what route you're going to be taken to your next destination. Peterson failed to do so, which you know alerted uh, the control center of, of of the airport, and so they could not get him on um, on the uh, on the signal on, on communication through communication by you know means. They couldn't get a hold of him. And they knew something was wrong. So the next morning, uh, the owner of the uh, airport received a phone call and saying um, there was a plane that uh, went down that was at crashed into Clear Lake, Iowa, into the cornfield. And he need to come there. And so when he went, he and the other authority, the police and the other authorities were already out there. He went to um, went to the uh, crash site, and sure enough, it was uh, his aircraft, the Bonanza. Um, the, I'm sorry, the Beechcraft Bonanza, um, and it was. It, it had nosedived onto into the corn, corn uh, the cornfield. You can see the wings were still up, and there are pictures on there. If you you know, it's, it, it was a kind of a gruesome sight. I mean, um, you can see the pictures on YouTube. But apparently, um, with the wet bad weather and pilot error, uh, you see. Uh, and, and on the pictures, you see uh, Buddy Holly, Holly and um, Richie Valens. They weren't that far apart as far as being thrown out of the plane. They were near the plane um, on the ground. You can see their bodies. And over the fence in the cornfield was farther, a little bit farther away, uh, several, several hundred what yards, I'm not sure, uh, was the big bopper. He was flown farther out into the uh, over the fence of, of the aircraft now they found Roger Peterson he was still in the plane I mean he was still strapped in his seat in the uh, in the plane and they pretty much determined that he had nosedived like over 170 miles an hour going straight down into you know into impact and so they were they were pretty much you know killed right on impact there was no way that you know they could have survived it it was just horrific so either he you know like i said he wasn't he didn't rely on his instruments because he didn't you know he wasn't certified he didn't you know really know he wasn't experienced in um using his 
instruments, navigation instruments on the aircraft to control the plane to go up above whatever thousand feet that was necessary to out of the uh, level out. Apparently he might've got disoriented instead of uh, ascending, he descend and it went straight, you know, at 170 miles an hour, straight down into, you know, into the cornfield in Clear Lake, Iowa. So it was, you know, it was a big shock to everybody. Everybody was stunned. The whole world was stunned, um, particularly, especially for um, the other uh, bandmates, Tommy Alsop and, you know, Waylon Jennings. They were, you know, en route to their next, you know, they could, they're going to meet up with them. Holly, the Big Bopper, and Valens in uh, Moorhead, Minnesota. And when they got word that uh, that they were uh, killed in a plane crash, I mean, it, it was just devastating. It was devastating for the whole music industry anyway. Um, and that's why it was called The Day the Music Died. It was in February 3rd, 1959. And it pretty much kind of like, it was like the end of an era. After that, um, I believe it just changed the whole dynamic of rock and roll, the music as you know, they heard it. Um, because of this tragedy, it kind of like changed everybody's, you know, attitude and everybody's, you know, it just wasn't the same because Buddy Holly was um, he was a forerunner in his music. Everybody, I mean, it was just a uh, tragic loss. Um, I believe this was when the point, I mean, it was devastated. Little Richard, he decided to just quit <laughs> quit rock and roll all, uh, together and, and become a minister. I think that was, that was the time that he actually, you know, uh, it hit him hard enough to say he, he just, you know, wanted to get out of the secular music. Of course, you know, we all know that him becoming a minister, um, that didn't last long. But at that time, he was just, it was just so devastating that he swore that he was not going to play secular music or rock and roll again and, you know, decided to try his hand at um, becoming a minister. But it, it, uh, I wanted to do this story because I thought this was a, uh, you know, I wanted to keep uh, the memory alive of these three individuals. They did make a big mark on um, the rock and roll era, and it was in 1959. And so, um, who knows what could have, you know, what could have became of them had they had lived on. You know, of, of course, you know, Richie Valens being only 17, he was a kid. You know, he was just starting out. Um, Buddy was in his early 20s, with 22, 23, and the, you know, the big bopper, the oldest of it was 28. They all were in their 20s, and the young pilot was just 21. They were all, you know, just young, just young, tragically taken at a very young age. So that was it. That was the day the music died, February 3rd, 1959. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to be going into the 60s. 
uh, like I said, 1915 from the 50s going into the 60s. Now you're going into a change of different genre. And um, I'm excited because there's so many stories and so many things that happen um, in the 60s that uh, influence the sound of music um, throughout the 60s. So I'm, I'm excited to go into season four of 19 uh, of the 60s era. So hit that subscribe again, hit that like button. Um, if you want to reach out to me by email, you can reach out to me at morewinemusic.gmail.com. And that's morewinemusic.gmail.com. Also, you can um, comment um, on my Facebook page. Look for uh, more, M-O-O-R-E, Wine and Music facebook page and you know comment there all right you guys be safe and i will talk with you soon bye